0: I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to The Bear of Texas Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion segment of The Bear of Texas Podcast. This is The Bear of Texas, reporting live from an undisclosed location deep in the heart of Texas. Let's welcome back my good friend and mentor in beautiful, sunny Southern California. Let's give a warm welcome to Steve... Adams, what's going on, Steve?
1: Hey, happy New Year, everybody! Uh, hope hope everybody had a, a safe New Year's and um, lots of sports on TV, and you know the the joys of the holiday season still keep giving plenty of uh, EPL action over the weekend and carried into today on Monday. So let's get to it.
0: Yeah, well, for certain teams, it's really not off to a good uh, 2021. Uh, unfortunately, that, that includes uh, your club as well.
1: Well, we can, we can certainly start with Liverpool. Um, they've had a really rough last three games. You know, they were at a point where uh, after they did that beatdown at Crystal Palace a couple weeks ago, they were riding pretty high. And then they had to think, okay, West Brom at home, Newcastle away, Southampton at the coast, there's no reason not to expect nine wins, or even in a worst-case scenario, you thought maybe seven. But Liverpool came out of those three games with just two points. They drew it home to West Brom, drew away at Newcastle, and then today uh, Southampton gets an early goal in the second minute. Uh, Danny Ings, former Liverpool guy, scores a really nice lob that was off a, a direct kick that uh, he very artfully lobbed it over Allison Becker for uh, Southampton's only goal, and that really was all they needed. Um, Liverpool, frankly, struggled quite a bit in this game. I mean, yeah, they had 12 shots, but they only had one shot that was actually on goal, and that was by Sadio Mane, and that wasn't until the 75th minute. Um for all of that possession that they had, that threesome of Firmino, Salah, and Mane—they're just really, really struggling. I mean, they've only scored two goals in the last three games, and um, they made some changes in the midfield today. They just today, frankly, looked very disorganized, and they just just didn't seem to have that killer touch in the in the Southampton ends. Credit to Southampton. They actually probably could have had a couple more goals themselves off of some Liverpool cock-ups that were in the defensive end that um, were they were very lucky to avoid giving up even more goals. But now, all of a sudden, um, the rest of the pack has caught up. And actually, since Manchester United, they have a game in hand. If Man U wins their next game, this team that... Didn't seem all that terribly long ago. People were at, calling for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's scalp on a platter. All of a sudden, the very, very much maligned man, you, they could be leading the EPL if they if they win their next game that they have in hand. So, uh, yeah, it's been a really, really tough New Year slash holiday time frame for Liverpool.
0: It really has, and you know, to be honest, you know, a lot of people are, are pretty. Dumbfounded because you know, despite Liverpool's last two results, they're they're still in first place, and Manchester United is like right there, you know, knocking on the door. You know, tied at thirty three points, even though Manchester United has ten wins. I think it's the goal differential that's that's got Liverpool uh, right on top. But yeah,
1: they've got the goal differential, yeah. but but I mean, but I mean, look at this pack. I mean, thirty three points on top, and Everton sitting in seventh place. They're only four points behind, and there's just been an incredible amount of movement within those seven places um, in the last, I would say, last three weeks. Incredible amount of movement, but Man U, they look like they're all set where you know they could leapfrog Liverpool. Um, Man City has actually got two games in hand. If they win those two games that they have in hand, and Man City has looked very good in their last matches, it would not be unrealistic to expect Man City to win their next two games and they could leapfrog Liverpool very easily as well.
0: Yeah. I mean this is what I love about the EPL, you know, you never know when one team all of a sudden is out of the top ten and then two games later they're within reach and then you know after one game they find themselves in the top four, but as far as Manchester United goes, I mean, Manchester United needed, the, the, which brings us to, to our next match, you know, a 2-1 uh, win over Aston Villa, you know, it, it was it was much needed. And, and just like that, you know, I don't remember the last time I saw Manchester United, you know, and Liverpool, like literally in, this, in the same spot as, as far as EPL standings go because Manchester United is rarely this high.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, that was a really entertaining game. On New Year's Day with Man U and Acid Villa. Um, very wide open game. Both teams were going for it. Uh, Marcial and Fernandez with the Man U goals, Traore with a goal for Villa. Uh, but very, very entertaining game.
0: It really was. And, you know, for Marcial, I, I believe that's like, I think that's his second or third goal of EPL play this year.
1: I think it was only his second. Okay. And- but uh, Fernandez, you know, still, he, he came up big. And, uh, you know, the other person, too, that it didn't seem all that long ago, people were talking about, you know, where is Paul Pogba going to end up going? Uh, well, the last three games, Pogba has played really well. He's been, frankly, instrumental in the last couple of wins by Man U, uh, So I... If I'm Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I think I would hold off on any talk of shipping the Frenchman elsewhere. Uh, he seems to be doing just fine. He's creating a lot of chances. He looked lively. He looked engaged. And uh, he, he looks like a totally different player than a few weeks back when it was reported that his agent was saying that he wanted out of Manchester. So, um, you know, just a very, very interesting turnabout for, for Man U.
0: As far as Paul Pogba goes, Steve, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think in the last couple of games, <coughs> his, his a transfer has been the last thing on his mind. I think at this point he's like, look, if I get transferred, you know, whatever, you know, so be it. But really, my teammates need me here. I need to play some fo- uh, soccer. You know, I'm better than, than everybody thinks I am. You know, he just wants to play. So I think now he's just like, he's just focusing on the game. He knows he's got the best uh, mid- midfield in the APL right now, Bruno Fernandez by his side, and I mean, people. Could, it's still argue an, an arguing point, but you know, you can't deny Bruno Fernandez really has to be considered the best midfielder in the in the EPL. You know, and Bruno Fernandez is, is the third highest scorer in the EPL. You know, runners right uh, Sun Hong Min, and you know who's under Mo Salah, who's at thirteen. But you know, Bruno Fernandez, you know, is really proving. Like, he may be the best transfer, you know, from twenty twenty like in the world.
1: Well, and timing is everything because now Manchester United is playing really good ball at a period of time when Liverpool is frankly struggling. And uh, this coming weekend is the FA Cup weekend. So, But the next EPL games after the FA Cup, it's Man U versus Liverpool. Yep.
0: Man U versus Liverpool, January 17th, right before my 28th birthday. There you go. <laughs>
1: You know, so all of a sudden, uh, what looked like a match that Liverpool had to be pretty confident about, I think really more than anything, uh, I just don't think teams are as intimidated by Liverpool as they've been the previous couple of years when they've been going through, you know, this incredible run where, uh, they made it to two Champions League finals in a row, won one of them, um. Uh, pretty much ran away with the EPL last season. Um, no repeat this year. Uh, everybody else, and it's and it's not, Liverpool so far has seemed to play the top clubs well. Uh, the big six clubs, they seem to play well. It seems to be with the so-called struggling cl- clubs that Liverpool seems to be having most of its trouble with. But uh but yeah man you has to be really looking forward to this match coming up on the
0: 17th. Yes, but although I'm going to be honest, Liverpool still holds the advantage because the game is at Anfield. It's not at Old Trafford.
1: Doesn't seem to doesn't seem to make too much of a difference. It didn't really help them out against West Brom a couple weeks ago and Liverpool had a lot of trouble seeming to solve Sam Allardyce's defensive schema. Well, It seems like since then, they've been hemorrhaging goals in a big way. Uh, Arsenal put four past them over the weekend. So if other teams seem to be finding a way to unlock West Brom, how is it that Liverpool with that trio of Salah, Mane, and and Firmino? Uh, they're, They're shooting blanks right now, and... There's nobody, there's no instant offense that's coming off the bench. Diogo Jota, the Portuguese, he's still out for a few more weeks after that knee injury. And uh, quite frankly, they really miss him.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, the way I envision these games, like, you know, when Manchester United and Liverpool are both, you know, very good, I mean, I'd like to envision the Reds versus the Red Devils. Pretty cool scenario. And, you know, if Manchester United somehow has a huge, you know, somehow wins 3-0, I mean, the best headline for that is the Red Devils literally went to Liverpool and, and unleashed hell. Well,
1: and on the blue side of Merseyside, Everton, they lost at home to West Ham United. West Ham played a really, really solid game, got a late goal in the 86th minute from Suchek, and they were able to get the win at uh, at Goodison Park, so that sort of, slowed Everton's mojo down a little bit, so that was uh, one of the noteworthy surprises from over the weekend. Um, I would say that's almost as surprise, almost as surprising as Liverpool's poor form in Southampton on the coast today.
0: It was, I mean, as far as Liverpool goes, you know, I was just like, okay, so Southampton got lucky, scored in the second minute, and anything could change, but the best way to describe Southampton's win was just a super defensive effort, but yeah, I'm quite shocked that West Ham was able to pick up a road win against Everton. You know, Ever- Everton. You know, weren't they recently like? I mean, you know, uh, like in the, they were recently in the, in the top four, and this Stop, last...
1: they were they were they were like second.
0: Okay, at yeah, one. and that loss drops them right down to seventh place. I mean, but they're still you know 29. They're still you know 29 points. They're still within four points of first of first place, so. Really no need to freak out. I mean, here's what's amazing, Steve. Check this out. One, two, three, four. Four teams, you know, tied at 29 points. Huh. That's amazing.
1: Well, and you talk about another team that's been in free fall, even more so than Liverpool. Chelsea just absolutely got beat down by Man City I mean, over the I, week.
0: I, I, saw, I saw our friend's message on the stoppage time. I saw Zach's uh Little video describing the game, and you know he really believes that you know Frank Lampard's time at you know at uh, at Stamford Bridge might be coming to might have already come to an end. I mean, as far as I know, Chelsea, there's been no rumor about a firing, and doesn't I mean I'm sure they would have announced it already. So I guess Frank Lampard is safe, but but things are just not going well at all. And you know here's what's um, very interesting about this game actually. And this was actually the very first start for U.S. Uh, goalkeeper Zach Steffen.
1: For Man City. Yeah, yeah. He, he,
0: really have, he really didn't have a whole lot to do. The Man City
1: defense did a really good job keeping things clean in front of the American. And 15-minute uh, time frame, three goals in 15 minutes from City, uh, Gunnigan, Foden, and De Bruyne. De Bruyne gets his first goal in free play. Uh, pretty much all the rest of his goals have been off of either direct kicks more penalties for Man City, but, uh, Man City just looked the much better of the, of the two teams. Uh, Chelsea got kind of a garbage time goal in, in, stoppage time, but, uh, for Abramovich, who's a guy, the owner of Chelsea is a guy who's notoriously got a short leash. It's a tough thing though. When you're, when you're talking about also firing a guy who was a legend with the club, um, but I mean, it does happen. I mean, Kenny Doggleyish—he had to leave Liverpool, and I mean, he's still—he's still very much a legend at Anfield. But um, but anyway, very very poor performance by Chelsea, who now find themselves in eighth place.
0: Actually, uh, ninth. Actually, uh, on the contrary. Well, okay. Well, you know what? You're right. You're right because because they're tied with West Ham and Aston Villa. Uh, at twenty at twenty six points, and Aston Villa is is, a, is in eighth place. So, I, so actually, in in a certain scenario, you're actually right. Yeah, it, it is technically they are still in in eighth.
1: But but still, yeah. I mean that's not um, that's it, it, acceptable
0: It sure right? is, and you know there was something I shared on Facebook that you know all the money they spent on Timo Werner and two other players. You know the most underrated French footballer in history, Olivier Giroud, has more goals than all of them. And, he, uh, and I believe he's at nine now.
1: And I can't believe that there's actually been some talk about Chelsea getting rid of Giroud. Why would you get rid of him? He's the only—he's—he's he's their only forward who's consistently scoring goals.
0: You know, I'll tell you why. I actually have a good reason. You—you you, you, want to know why? In my honest opinion, sure. Because they feel like he's too old. Because he's thirty-four. I'm like, dude, who cares how old he is? Dude, he's—he's he's still healthy. He's in perfect shape. He's still playing the game like he was when he was in his prime. Hell, he's probably even better than he was, you know, during his, when he was in his 20s. I mean, why why would you want to get rid of him? I mean, it'd be a stupid move. I mean, I, I heard that he's reportedly linked with a move to Atletico Madrid, but, you know, if he goes to Atletico Madrid, I mean, if, if they're going to use him, you know, give him more playing time and he's going to play well, then I'm all for it. But but even, you know, even though I'm a Manchester United fan, you know, if he left Chelsea, you know, I should be happy. But, like, look, as far as Olivier Giroud goes, look, I don't, I want him to score. I mean, even if he's the best scorer in the league for Chelsea, I mean, I just want him to be having the hell of a career because, you know, I mean, I don't exaggerate when I say he's the most underrated French footballer. I mean, I don't know if you listened to the previous episode I did by myself, you know, a a sole talk on Olivier Giroud, but, you know, this guy never gets the credit he deserves, or at least rarely he rarely does.
1: Well, and I mean, that goes back to, I mean, even back when he was playing in France, when he was playing with Montpellier, and he helped Montpellier win uh a French title back in 2012 and um, you know he's scoring goals at a rate like what he did not that's almost nine years ago now when he was playing with Montpellier but it's not a fancied club in France. in fact that was the first and only time that Montpellier had ever won a, a league on title but um, I, I don't know why you would get rid of a guy who, who's scoring goals for you. It just it would just would not make sense to me.
0: I mean, it absolutely wouldn't. So, I mean, Chelsea is already in, in a bad spot. I mean, getting getting rid of Giroud, you know, could just make it worse. But, you know, if Chelsea wants to make the decision, at the end of the day, you know, I, I can I can criticize it all I want, but really, it's not going to change. But now we get to Arsenal versus West Brom, and Arsenal is now on a three-game winning streak. Yeah, how
1: about that? Uh, they're 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 kind of feeling it now, and. Um... You know, catching a good time, they were frolicking in the snow that was falling in the, um, at West Brom. So, uh, so yeah, in spite of the not the greatest weather conditions at the Hawthorns, Arsenal gets goals from Tierney, Saka, and a, a brace from Lacazette. So for four-zip win, and Arsenal, there's, they're slowly climbing up.
0: They are still currently in 11th, but at least, you know, they're starting to pick up the pace. They're, you know, nine points just like that, you know, and, you know, from looking at the standings, 23rd place, I mean, 10 points behind first. I mean, Arsenal winning the Premier League is certainly, you know, minimum at best, but it 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 is still possible. I mean, if somehow they win out, if they win the rest of their games, yeah, there's no doubt that Arsenal can somehow hoist the EPL title, but.
1: No, uh, they're not going to win the EPL, Um... I think that at this point, right now, I think that uh, Man City, like a Ferrari that just changed its tire, and all of a sudden they're they're back in the race and they're moving at warp speed. I mean, right now, of the followers, um, I think that's the, that's the team right now that seems to be getting its its act together and. Um, they've definitely been fairly consistent for the last four weeks, which is something that you can't say with, with almost all of the other chasers Tottenham has had bad spots. Everton has had slip ups. Liverpool is slipping up big time right now. Um, I mean, everybody seems to be slipping up. Whereas Man City, I mean, they're, they're definitely getting it
0: together. Absolutely. And speaking of Tottenham, you know, A much-needed 3-0 win over Leeds United. Put some right right back in the top four.
1: Yep. Uh, Goals from Kane, Son, Anderbeild. So, uh, Leeds, one of these rare games where they, they seem to blow hot and cold. Sometimes Leeds can just absolutely light it up, those young kids. And then sometimes... You know, they just they just him out, but uh, Spurs with a much needed win there. Maybe one of the more entertaining games of the weekend, though, was Brighton hosting Wolverhampton. Three 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 draw. Uh, lots lots of good goals. A uh, very wide open game. This one was actually a really entertaining game to watch too.
0: It sure it sure was. You know Wolverhampton. You know had come off. You know, a loss to Manchester United where, where uh, Marcus Rashford you know scoring uh, you know in injury time probably like less than a minute before the final whistle would be blown so yeah you know, I figured Wolverhampton was this close to you know frustrating you you know United and keeping it to a zero zero draw but I mean I don't I, I don't know if I ever would have anticipated a three to three draw but but yeah I mean Wolverhampton's really I mean you know like I said you know the, the missing of that player it's just it's really taking a heavier toll
1: well, I think missing Jimenez, missing, you know, they sold Jota to, to, to Liverpool. Troy quite frankly, hasn't been having as as good of a season. Last year he was a holy terror uh, running down the, the right wing and giving great service uh, for Jimenez. Um, but, you know, Nato can't do it all by himself. Um, so, I mean... If you're a Wolves fan, you had to be really happy, you know, with the three goals. But on the other hand, you also can't be happy that you coughed up a two-goal lead and let Brighton back in the game to snatch a draw.
0: Exactly. But, you know, as far as Wolverhampton goes, I mean, you know, looking at their current position in 13th place, it's just really shaping up to be just another average, mediocre season.
1: Well, and I mean, this was after a year where they made such a good run in the Europa Cup, and were challenging towards the very end of the season for possibly snatching one of the European spots, which they just uh, petered out at the end. But uh, but Wolves, they're they're definitely down this year compared to where they were last year.
0: Absolutely. But now we get to Newcastle and Leicester City.
1: Well, um, Leicester City. The Foxes go up north. Uh, Madison scores a a great goal. Madison was really... Madison and Jamie Vardy both were were men of the match for for the Foxes. And uh, Telemans gets a goal late in the game. Uh, Newcastle pulls one back. Carroll gets a goal in the 82nd minute to make Leicester City sweat a little bit. But... um, but actually, the Foxes could have had a couple more goals in this game. But they looked very lively and very good against Newcastle, who, frankly, looked flat after their really good performance against uh, Liverpool the week before, or I should say, the game before. Um, Look nothing like what they did against Liverpool.
0: Oh, absolutely not. And as a result, Leicester City is now in third place, and you know, one point uh, right po- one point under. I mean, I mean manchester united is knocking on liverpool's door leicester city is right there as well i mean business is really picking up i mean just the, the, go ahead the
1: is, and look how look how much things can just change within a three game span it's incredible how much things have changed in in three games if you know, again if you're liverpool only two points out of nine in three three games that they surely had to think that they were going to win, and it's just totally changed the complexion of the race.
0: Absolutely, man. And uh, I just like this scenario. You know, for many fans, you know, they're always you know stressed about it. But you know, from a journalism's perspective, you know, when there's always these changes and changes, if I were to write a story on the whole entire season, you know, that's the best thing to mention. You know, there was just change after change after change. It was just it was like that you know one dead end after another it's it's, it's entertaining really mm mm-hmm. mhm yeah but the final game was crystal palace with a 2-0 win over sheffield united and the misery the misery continues for sheffield
1: yeah it's it's looking more and more likely that it's it's going to be very tough for them to avoid the
0: drop yeah. i mean there's still winless, two draws, 15 losses, two points, a negative 21 goal differential boy you know, you know, only you know, conceding twenty nine goals while, you know, forcing only eight, I mean, the team is just a disaster.
1: Yeah. And then um, as a Liverpool fan, I would also be remiss if I didn't add this little bit of of sad news. Uh, Jerry Marsden, who was the lead singer of the group, Jerry and the pacemakers, who were part of the British invasion back in the mid sixties, uh, but their version of you'll never walk alone is the song that sort of became the Liverpool song back in 64, 65, in that time frame, and it just continued to this day, and uh, it's sung with great gusto, and um, he, was, he was 78, and um, it just just was an extra little bit of sad news for, for Liverpool fans, and also fans of, of British music, because he was certainly part of the British invasion of uh, British pop that hit the American shores in the '60s.
0: Very sad day, and but as we look to match day 18th, you know, actually, what's interesting, Manchester United's game against Burnley is is actually the it's the rescheduled date of what should have been the their opening game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Manchester United on the road. I mean, since Manchester United's pretty good on the road, I say give them a three nothing win. Although. You know, being without Cavani, I think uh, who, who suspended for a controversial Instagram post. I think he he might have served already the first suspension against uh, uh, who, 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 uh, against Aston Villa. I mean, I'm I'm not sure, but I just know that he won't be there. But I think Manchester United, you know, should have it under control. I, I think they win this game. We just
1: pull up. I think they. I think that they should too.
0: I know what's interesting is Liverpool's not playing match day 18. So yeah, Manchester United has a chance to has a chance to actually go go right on top. Although it could be brief because Liverpool's next game is against the Red Devils. So you know that's good and that's really going to be a special game. But now we get to Arsenal and Crystal Palace.
1: Well, this one pretty tough to go against Arsenal on their form that they've been showing of late
0: since they are on a three-game winning streak and and the team looks pretty looks improved I'm not going to say looks pretty good I'm going to say looks improved I think they win this one 2-0 okay next
1: alright
0: well let's go with Wolves uh, and Everton
1: this one I'll have to take Everton on that one I
0: mean can't disagree with you on that. I mean, Everton just suffered a road loss to West Ham, so they're pretty pissed off about it. And I don't think they want to let another team, you know, pick up a win at their expense. So Ever I think Everton wins this one two nothing. But now we get to Aston Villa and Tottenham.
1: This will be a good game. Uh, Villa certainly looked really good. Uh, Jack Grealish. Uh, I mean, he's definitely a, such an instrumental playmaker, and you could tell given the amount of times that he's fouled uh, in the games that he plays. He took kind of a beating against Man Yu the other day. Um, I'll take Spurs uh, for this one on the road. Yeah,
0: I have to definitely gonna agree. I, you know, Harry Kane and, um, you know, Hung Sung Min, you know, really going to be diff- the difference makers. The combination between the two is incredible. I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. and I think they make a difference in this game as well. Now we get to Manchester City and Brighton.
1: Tough to go against City with the form that they've shown. They've looked absolutely amazing the last couple of games.
0: They have. That's why I have to give them a four nothing win. <laughs> Brighton's going to be super superly overwhelmed, and Manchester City's got the momentum going, and that's why you know I can't see them losing. I can't see them, you know. Scoring, you know, less than four goals. I mean, I think four nothing is the, is the most realistic way to go. But now, and now we get to Sheffield and Newcastle.
1: Uh, I'll have to take the Magpies in this one. I'll take Newcastle. You
0: know, yeah, because you know, with how disastrous Sheffield United is, there's really no, no, nothing to change. So, yeah, Newcastle should just stroll in, take the road win, and, and then go home happy.
1: West Ham versus West Brom. I'll take the Hammers in this.
0: Definitely, what yeah, West Ham, you know, definitely going to keep it up, but <sighs> so... now,
1: now, Leicester and Chelsea. This is the one that's very intriguing because Chelsea desperately needs a win. They're going to be playing up in the up in the Midlands against Leicester. Um, and Leicester coming off a really good game, but Chelsea, this is a really, really desperate team right now. They really need the win.
0: You know, Leicester City has, certainly needs the win, but and you know, and it's, as Chelsea, you know, has that talent, but you know, there's no, there's no groove going on. There's no rhythm go, going. So, you know, I can't, I can't see Chelsea, you know, pulling off the win. I think Leicester City takes care of business and. It's, it's another frustrating and humiliating day in the office for Frank Lampard.
1: I think Chelsea gets a point out of this game. I think – I don't know if they'll be able to pull, pull their act together enough to get a win up in the Midlands. I do think Chelsea can get a draw against the Foxes.
0: Absolutely. And now we get to Leeds United and Southampton.
1: This should be an entertaining game. I mean, Leeds, lots of energy, uh Southampton. Ings is having a very good year for Southampton. Um, Walcott's having a good year for Southampton. They played. A, they played a really good game against Liverpool today. Uh, it was a deserved win. Uh, this one. Should, this should should be a fairly entertaining game. Um, I'll actually give Leeds the edge on this one.
0: Okay. And then we get to Liverpool and Burnley.
1: Well, must-win game for Liverpool. But uh, they've they've had such a horrible stretch these last three games. Um, Burnley, you would think, is a team that's ripe for the picking, uh, especially playing at Anfield. Um, so I I'm picking Liverpool to win. Um, hopeful <laughs> they'll get the win. Um, but uh, but yeah, but before they, they play this one though, they'll be playing Man U on the on the 18th. So. Um, so yeah, this will be an interesting two-game stretch for the Reds, but I think they'll beat Burnley.
0: Totally. And the last day of match 18 is Manchester United and Fulham.
1: Uh, Man U has been so good on the road. Uh, Fulham has been getting its act together. Um, they're improving you know, a little bit to where they were at the start of the season, but I think Man U gets the road win down at Craven Cottage.
0: Definitely, and that's gets it down to two, nothing. That's I have to give it to him. This is just so mysterious. I mean, you know, we started like match day 18th, you know, just, you know, five games that, you know, from the January 12th through the 13th through 14th. And then the rest of them, the uh, match day 18th is the 19th as well. And, you know, in the last three, you know, two more on the 20th and the 21st. I mean, this is just, it's, you know, it's a mixture, you know, it's everything's mixed.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, you get the, you're, you're going to have these matches where there have been matches that have been um, postponed because of COVID outbreaks and things like that. And, um, you know, it brings up the conversation of will the EPL entertain the idea because the COVID rate, I mean, out here where I live in California, we're not the only place in the world where the COVID situation is exploding, it's exploding big time in the UK and um, I just read that in Scotland, they're pretty much shutting everything down. And I got to think at a certain point, this outbreak is going to be at such a point now. I mean, I don't think they will probably be number one, allowing fans in the stands anymore. They had been allowing a handful in certain areas, but I think the outbreak has gotten so bad now that I think that they really, really have to consider, you know, whether they should you know temporarily uh, hang out the shutter for a couple of weeks and maybe hope that the the worst of this can blow by
0: absolutely as far as from what I saw on Twitter is the, the British Prime Minister Boris Johnson apparently laid out about a new uh, like a full lockdown protocol or something like that
1: well and with that protocol you know is that going to include uh, sporting events is that going to include uh, soccer rugby you know the the outdoor sports so i don't know but uh, i would i would not be surprised if in a week or so i would not be surprised at all if there's like a two week lockdown um suspension of match play in the EPL
0: i just i really hope that, the, that there's no suspensions because you know EPL's been fun lately and you know th- this show's actually been doing good i know uh, you know you know, earlier today, it, it, the Internet FC surpassed 12,000 downloads. So, I mean, this show's really picking up some momentum. So, I mean, if, if the EPL got suspended, I mean, you know, it, it it would certainly, you know, affect it because, you know, the is always fun to talk about. But that's why I'm really hoping. I mean, I'm, I'm not just speaking as a fan, but I'm speaking, you know, as, as a journalist, you know, if, if the EPL is suspended again, it's it's really not going to be good news, especially for me. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
0: well, I mean, it's it's that tough call,
1: you know. Of um, uh, yeah, sport, entertainment. It's it's very important to people, but you know, public health is not an inconsequential thing either. So you know, you can get into a really healthy debate, a socially distant debate, I guess, on the subject, if you will. But um, but at this point, the the numbers in the UK. They they just can't be ignored. So I'm very curious as far as what's what agreement the public health people and what the people in the EPL are going to come up with, given these numbers.
0: All we can all we can do is just sit and wait and see what happens. But now we're done with. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: I said that's right. That's that's really all you can do.
0: Yeah, and you know, I, I'm gonna now that we're done with EPL. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna ask you: do, do you know why? Actually, I did a, a solo uh, episode on Olivier Giroud.
1: Well, um, doesn't get a whole lot of love in a lot of quarters. You know, when you go on social media, uh, in spite of you know the fact that he scores and all that, he's definitely you know pretty much maligned uh, player in social media.
0: He certainly is, you know, I and I decided to do that episode because. You know, it really makes me upset that this dude doesn't get the credit he deserves. And, you know, there was an article I wrote a couple, not long ago, about how important he is. And it really received a negative backlash from from a lot of Algerians, you know, who are only saying, you know, he's only like this because Benzema's been away. And I'm just like, you know, you know, enough. I mean, I, I didn't want to get into that. And But really, we're really fueled that it it's because of a sports-talking debate I got with my dad. Cause, because my dad's not even a fan of Giroud. He says Giroud's just likely to be around the town. I mean, it, it really infuriated me because Giroud was... Is underrated. I mean, this dude played. His dudes played in two League Two teams. Literally scratched and clawed his way to the top. And you know, and and what I don't like is people are looking at him as a dude who was who didn't really deserve to win the World Cup because he never scored. I'm like, dude, he didn't have to. Okay, because if it wasn't for him and Bappe, certainly would not have had a good tournament. So, you know, but the point was really because what I really fueled is when Benzema said that had that comment to where like you don't compare a Formula One car to a go-kart. I mean, I just did not like Benzema referring to Olivier Giroud as, as a go-kart and comparing himself to a Formula One car. I mean, that, that, that just really ate me up.
1: Well, and I mean, we've talked about this before, too. I mean, Benzema's a fantastic player. I mean, he's, he's definitely been, you know, Real Madrid's best player this year, and he's been, you know, their very consistent uh, player. For for the last couple of years, he's, he's an excellent player. But you know, we all go back to that lapse of judgment that he had in um, you know extorting Valbuena on the on the French national team. It's just it's just a place you don't go, and he's paying a price for it. And um, you know, I I wouldn't cry too hard for Benzema because he's collected an awful lot of uh, hardware playing for Real Madrid. So. Uh, Anyway, but, uh, you know, is is Giroud as flashy? I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how fancy the, the goal looks when it crosses the goal line. It's just as long as the goal gets in the back of the net, the goal counts. You know, Giroud has the ability, maybe not quite as artsy as Benzema, but he does have the ability to put the ball in the net. And, you know, Giroud is a player, and his numbers with the French national team. And frankly, his numbers with Chelsea speak for themselves.
0: Exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just unfortunate that Giroud has not been able to have a success as far as the Champions League goes. But, but at the end of the day, Giroud won the world cup for his nation. That's up. And, and, you know, and and I kind of said, and Benzema didn't do it. And and then I just kind of repeated And at the end of the day, if you want to be mad at somebody, be mad at Benzema because it's his fault. And I, 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 since, I'm, since you and I have made that point clear so many times and people just don't get it, including my dad, you know. I mean, you know, of course, just like every time the argument speaks up, he always has to bring up D.D. Deshaun. I'm just like, I mean, you just don't get it, so I'm not going to say it anymore, but, but yeah. But, but Giroud really, I mean, fine, I get it. He's not like, doesn't have that success, but Giroud is, you can't deny the talent that he is.
1: No, I mean, he's played played at a very, very top level, and, you know, uh, he deserves he deserves whatever accolades he gets
0: exactly and and really you know and, and like i said it's no exaggeration when i say he's the most underrated french footballer in history because if you look at it he really is
1: yeah it's pretty tough to deny
0: yeah yeah but anyway i'd like to remind everybody that into the net fc is available on spotify apple podcast google podcast amazon music and youtube once again I'd like to thank all the loyal listeners for helping the show get to 12,000 views the momentum is picking up so expect the downloads to get higher and higher and higher. Once again I appreciate that but also I got to give a lot of credit to Steve because Steve is is basically has a huge responsibility of making this show as, as successful as it is. So Steve, I thank you again for, for helping me, you know, make all this possible.
1: Well, it's fun talking over the the beautiful game with you.
0: All right, well, thank you all very much for tuning in, Steve. You have a good night, and I can't wait to have you back on.
1: Will do, partner. We'll see you next week. All right.
0: Sick of being upsold at gyms?